Hey everybody, welcome into Can I Steal You for a Second? I'm Ashley Young here with Shay Corrigan and we are still talking about Listen to Your Heart. We're nearing the finale. We are all in. If you've listened with us this season, we are surprisingly into this show and very excited and invested in what we made fun of for many months before. Uh, But before we tackle all of the drama and excitement from last night's episode, there is some other drama in Bachelor Nation that I want to talk about. The gossip of uh, Peter Weber and Kelly Flanagan finally confirming what we all already knew before the season even started. Um, Shay, my blood's boiling already because I'm annoyed by them. Um, If you have followed along, they've been hinting at things. There was rumors. They've been quarantined together. It's kind of a dead giveaway. Um, But on Instagram, Pete did kind of confirm it with a post of them in his airplane being like our journey, whatever, some kind of bad airplane pun. They made TikToks together being like, nobody wants to see us together. Like really some high school shit and they're together. And I am, I'm just annoyed that we had to sit through Peter's season and be bored to death by this vanilla bachelor with no personality. And you know, he screws over Maddie, he screws over Hannah, breaks their hearts. And now he's with Kelly, which that's fine. But why did we have to be subjected to such a boring season of The Bachelor? I'm done my rant. Take over. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Well, um, in short, I, I think I think we're on the same page here. But I, I think it's very clearly something that's how they went about it, not like what they've gone about, where it's like if if Peter's season has gone as it did, and then they you know, we're quarantined together. Like, honestly, all this stuff is social media. It could have been so much quieter than it was, but they were like big and like overt with it while also not confirming it for so long that it just seems like it's really hard to not, you know, read the worst in it as like just trying to like milk the energy and the bachelor and the gossip and the interest in their relationship and it feels like a little bit <laughs> of an abuse of like bachelor fandom where it's like the the deal here is we get invested in these people's love lives for no apparent reason or for just just because they're on the show and sort of using that to kind of i don't know just like school I, I don't have the words for this but like get as much drama and attention out of it as possible is really it's kind of frustrating to see and i think Peter's season was frustrating for its own reasons. And when it, when it ended, a lot of people just kind of wanted to like move on. Like, I feel like that's part of the reason, like we're watching this into your heart at all. It's like, just give us, just give us new people, give us new storylines, just like, well, let's move on. And they're not letting us move on. And <laughs> even with there's um, Kelly, I went on a podcast and was describing how, on the show, the producers like locked her in a closet for three hours to like keep her from spending time with Peter. And they got in Peter's head so that when he was with her, he was acting different and mean and whatever. And like, listen, I watched Unreal. I believe the worst in the Bachelor producers sometimes, not always, but sometimes. 
still, just like you're together now. You seem to be having a grand old time quarantining together. Good for you. Just let's all like move on. And also taking shots at the Bachelor producers and stuff while simultaneously leveraging like Bachelor Nation to keep yourself in the news cycle also feels a little, I don't know, gross. Yeah, I, I just, I see headlines and I'm just like, I, I want, I want to like opt out of thinking about them. I just want yeah. them, they can be happy. That's fine. I want the best for them, but I also want the best for them far away from my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think I was reading an article in Cosmo and the head, like the first sentence was, in case you're, you know, like most of us who have already muted Kelly and uh, Pete on social media, which is so true because they were, they were just obnoxious with it. And the part that I struggle with internally is that I loved Kelly. I was team Kelly. I was like, what a badass! she is, you know, smart. She's successful. Like she just seems very like too mature to be on the show. Like there for the wrong reasons or not the reasons that everyone else is. So to see her kind of partake in these like petty social media games, I I feel like my friend let me down. I know Kelly, we're not friends in my head. I kind of felt like we were, or we could be. And this was just silly. You have Pete's parents Instagramming, making collages of him and Kelly. <laughs> Maybe I'm like in the minority here, but I don't want my parents posting collages of me and my boyfriend. Like that's weird. Um, it was just strange. There's, I don't really get it. Like his mom, it's like a poorly cropped pick collage, like has a big old watermark. Like she didn't pay for the full app situation. Like it's just a lot going on. So um, hopefully it'll die down now that they finally got it out in the open that they're dating. We have some closure at last and we can focus on our new obsession. Maybe obsession is too strong of a word, but we don't have a lot to look forward to these days um, in listen to your heart. And last night, might have been my favorite episode so far. It was the perfect mix for me of drama, crazy couples, and solid musical performances. Uh, yeah. Am I wrong? No, so I'm entirely with you. That's definitely felt like the strongest episode of uh, um, the season, operating like, on all all fronts. Like there is like the the dumb little bachelor producer gimmick, which they Chris Harrison waltzes in and he's like, I know you guys just picked your couples, but now we're going to send you on dates with other people. And of course the bachelor assigned producer dates are like every possible love triangle in the house where they send Ryan and Jamie off together. And like to speak to the maturity of both Jamie and Ryan and even Trevor in the situation that that was an episode one thing that everybody has moved on with their lives from mm -hmm. so, but you can still see how they were like that was a spicy pick then it was rudy and chris which lol that chris would be involved in anything other than like he does not have eyes for anyone except for brie and everyone knows that but like rudy is a little bit of a firecracker so you could still see see the producers you know thinking that one through but the real the real cherry on top of the drama sunday here was brandon and julia I thought you were going to go all in on Brandon and Julia, like <laughs> open eyes. It was a segue for me. Okay. Uh, Brandon and Julia have been rightfully dubbed like the villains of this season. And they are, how do I say this politely? Because they are human beings. Um, trash. I, 
I think that we saw two people who are there with selfish intentions. Each one of them, I know it's a trendy word to say gaslighting, but like the epitome of gaslighting, um, just, you know, making chaos in the house for everyone else. Like they are the victim of their own decisions, decisions. And then they tried to pawn it off on their very innocent and sweet partners. So like you said, everyone was kind of disinterested and switching up dates. But we know that Julia is in love with Brandon and Brandon's shady. And of course, of all those groups, they're the only ones that get a real date. Everyone else was like, let's go sip wine by the pool or let's play with these binoculars. And Julia and Brandon actually go out on a real date. Again, shout out whatever the budget was for this show. (laughs) And they kind of just have a music session as all our contestants seem to do on their dates. And it becomes very clear that when they get back to the mansion hours later, they're each going to break it off with their prospective couples. So Brandon and Savannah and then Julia and Sheridan. So and I want to jump in go ahead. quick. First, uh, on the subject of dates, I, I love the blatant discrepancy here where Rudy and Chris, like you said, are sent with binoculars just like up a hill next to bachelor mansion like cool all right jamie and ryan get a spa day all right nice fine whatever they all get back to the mansion at whatever time they get in brennan and julia are gone for like a whole day they go to a music studio they're asked to write a song they record like it's like i obviously it's for maximum drama but it's it's so blatant um i I, I greatly appreciated that kind of just um, goal. Like they don't even try to hide it. They're just like, hey, we're tr- clearly trying to push a narrative here. We only have six episodes. Like we don't have time to send you all on dates and edit the footage. We're trying to, you know, invest time. We talk about this in our industry all the time. What are you going to get the most return on? And that is clearly what the producers are gunning for. Because let's be honest, like Chris and who was it? Chris and Rudy up in the mountains or whatever the cliffs like they're not going to do anything so of course they're going to send julia and brandon on a date like they know what they're doing and And shamelessly like it's late at night and everyone's back and they're like they're not back yet and it's like i they don't really have any control over that but also it's like of course the longer you keep them away from the mansion and their and their current partners like the spicier this is going to get but I do, I want to get into, like you've been saying, Brandon and Julia's behavior, because I think it is, I try to believe the best in the people on the show and, like, feel very aware of how the show can be edited and cut to sort of reflect your worst self. But I think, unless they've really stepped up their, you know, cutting words into people's mouth game, it's really hard to get past the things Julia and Brandon respectively said to Sheridan and Savannah because they, like you said, they're, it's pretty much textbook, like gaslighting textbook, almost sort of emotional abuse adjacent. Like it's, it's very bad. And even in sort of the the most forgiving eh, editing interpretation, it's a bad look. And I would say I wasn't even we can take this one breakup at a time, but I don't even I wasn't even convinced Brandon was there to break up, which makes him even shadier. But all right, so let's start with Julia and Sheridan. 
let's do Julia and Sheridan because this one um, is when I started to question my well-being because I was like kind of heartbroken for Sheridan. I didn't think I would be so emotionally moved by this show. Um, so we all have come to love Sheridan. And if you haven't, I'm going to assume you have um, because he's a sweetheart. He just seems like a gentle soul. And he's with this monster of an emotional manipulative human in Julia. So when Julia's on the date too, they always cut to Sheridan with his like black leather looking journal or diary. And as Julia's on the date, like falling in love with Brandon, uh, Sheridan's playing this song at the piano and um, Shay and I watch with subtitles so we can get some screen grabs. And if you've never watched with subtitles, it's so funny because they dub the music as well. So it was like somber music playing in the distance. And it's Sheridan at this piano. And he just writes a ballad about how he's always the nice guy. And even though he's like a good person, it's never enough for the people he loves. And it's so sad. And I thought that was just going to be it. And then it carries over into when Julia comes home from her date, pulls him aside and is like no he also while they're on the date when it cuts back to him he is like giving himself these little pep talks and affirmations like you know we've chosen each other through two rose ceremonies before like she's you know she's been confused or whatever and but you know like he's like he's like talking himself in like it's gonna work out and like the name of the song is clarity and they say the word clarity like three thousand times this episode which is like fair like clarity is an important thing to find but it was just yeah it was you and because we saw their date where they were writing a song about like how much they were into each other but couldn't be with each other or whatever you're just like oh man this is gonna end so poorly for dear sweet share oh my god it's so bad it's almost like too good like you can't edit this stuff it was just so bizarre that it had to be organic the opening line of that song that we're referencing it goes, is it always at my expense to be the good guy? And you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. Those are the opening lines. <laughs> so he's clearly struggling with being the good guy. Um, but the conversation, this is where it kind of gets messy. And we talk about gaslighting. I guess if you don't know what gaslighting is, it's kind of like um, when the person who's clearly in the wrong manipulates the victim into thinking it's the victim's fault and you kind of question your own like sanity and reality um so if you've ever been fighting and you like know that you're clearly correct in your emotions and the person that made you feel like shit is like no it's your own fault you're crazy that's gaslighting and julia the caricature version of that would be like if you ever imagine siblings and one of them has your hand and they're hitting you and they say stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> it's like that except it's usually significantly more nuanced and subtle and no um that is the perfect example and i'm gonna hold on to that one and uh, basically, the Julia was holding Sheridan's hand last night and slapping him clear across the face to I'm not even minimizing their conversation by what I'm about to say. This is literally what was said. Julia says, Sheridan, I can't do this with you. And he goes, OK, thank you for this experience. And he gets up and walks away like very calm. And she goes, I can't believe you're walking away from me. And he was like, you just broke up with me. What do you want me to say? She's like, you don't need to be rude about it. And he's just snapping at him. And he's clearly upset. He's clearly heartbroken. And he can't do anything right. 
And she just, you know, rips him to shreds in typical, typical Julia fashion. Like it's never Julia's fault. And it really bothered me to see her. Like she genuinely believes it's not her fault. My mind was blown. He did nothing wrong. And that's why, like, I also found that appalling where it's like he, he had, you could tell he had his defenses up when she was sort of working up with him because he, I don't know, we all saw this coming. Like that seemed like a natural response and like no one's going to be happy to be dumped like that's insane and I, I think he did like she will he said verbatim so explicit she w- could not do this with him so he like there's literally nothing more to say except she she had more to say and I think the point about it not being her fault or never being her fault is something we've seen again and again and we see it again later in the episode and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves but I oh think why I'm a little sympathetic to Natasha but yeah like it's it's never and like I don't know there seemed like some need for like drama or attention that like the breakup wasn't big enough or like yeah that you know she she wanted more from it and it was like no like he you you said you couldn't do this with him so he's leaving that's how this works and like yeah. you want to drag it out and you know make it a bigger deal it's is mean it's <laughs> mean to him yeah it's like if you tell me to leave I'm going to leave like I'm not gonna fight you on that I think that's a very rational response a very mature thing like okay I can read the writing on the wall um I literally interpreted what you said I'm going to go and the fact that she expected some kind of fight and you know I think she was insulted that he didn't try to like fight or convince her and that was a shot at her ego or I don't know but it wasn't fair because like he he had been quote-unquote like fighting for her for like three weeks or however long Mm -hmm. we've been doing this he just like reached a point of I don't know not pride but I think uh self esteem I don't know whatever it was where it's like there's only so much sort of there's a point when fighting for someone becomes like begging or groveling and you know you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you and he you know was sad but <laughs> I don't know, he was yeah. out there he was he was doing what he had to do for himself uh, I mean that shot of him this is this like wrecked me last night I can't stop thinking about it he's guys and what is it episode four or five like I don't know Sheridan and I'm watching him leave the mansion in like the black SUV and he's weeping and it's not like a loud, but it's like a heavy silent cry. And this grown ass man is like, I just can't believe I'm never enough. Is there something wrong with me? And I was like, Sheridan, get it together, man. Get it together. But oh my God, I broke my heart. So I was, I, I was sad that he was going home, but you know, that's the show. I was sad when he said goodbye to all of the other people in the house because you could tell they all loved him and they were all, they were all pissed, but like, you know, just like mad that like somebody that they liked so much and they thought we were so talented had to go home. So that was sad, whatever. When he first gets in the car, like that was a little bit sad. And like, I'm at this point sort of like hopping around trying to like pull together like memes or whatever I do. And <laughs> there shows a montage of him and uh, whatever her name is, Julia, that was weird that they were highlighting this as like 
a loving situation when we just saw it was very much the opposite. Okay, and I forgot they did that. <laughs> I blacked it out. It cuts back to him and he delivers a line about feeling like he's never enough or he's always like the problem or whatever. <laughs> just like shocked and like taken aback. I'm like, I, I kind of thought his moment was over. I thought we had moved on, but he had more to say and more to cry. And I just was not prepared, just totally floored. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, this is almost to the point where you're like, this man is clearly in distress. And at what point is it like feeling a little like, like you're exploiting his vulnerability right now because we love a good sob sesh. We love the drama, but when someone, a man, a grown individual is questioning their worth as a person, I was like, this is too much. This is, this is a lot Sheridan. And um, I think he won over a lot of people last night and he also dropped a single at midnight. So good timing on his part. Yeah. I think he, I think he and the show come out just, on the right side of that of that line because I think it didn't seem like he was indulging anything that he wasn't comfortable indulging um he had it wasn't at all edited for like I don't know it was a very positive edit of him um and I do think it's kind of you know it's nice to see (laughs) it's gonna sound wrong but it's nice to see men cry on tv where it's like so much of the bachelor uh, is like these women hysterically upset and it's he wasn't hysterical he was just very emotional and you sort of I don't know open about that and I think that was uh an admirable openness with affection or with an ad- an admirable openness with his emotion uh but that wasn't the only breakup of the show I was going to say, just when he thought that that was the the drama, and as we're commending Sheridan for his vulnerability and emotions, we pivot to um, the opposite of that, the yeah. monster in the form of Brandon, who um, basically, before he leaves for the date, tells Savannah, like, I'm all in, we got this, goes on the date, tells Julia the same thing, comes back to the mansion, and you alluded to this earlier, you know, Julia kind of ripped the Band-Aid right off, was like, Sheridan, I can't do this with you. Where Brandon, he's kind of weird about it. And then... And it's important to note that when they have their conversation, they know Sheridan's gone home. So they know that Julia has broken up with Sheridan, and thus the expectation is that Savannah's going to get dumped too or not yeah that that's Julia's expectation so she's going into this conversation already being like what is going on exactly and so she knows and she's just very to the point like hey dude if you're not in this I need you to tell me because I'm in it and you're wasting my time if it's not reciprocated and back to my favorite word gaslighting Brandon's like you know you're just hard to read I feel like you're 95% in this And he keeps calling her sweetie, which is so annoying. Like she's clearly trying to keep it together. And he's basically, it's the equivalent of like telling her to calm down when she's very rightfully frustrated and like worked up. And he spins it all on Savannah. Like you're hard to read. I don't know what you want out of this. Like blah, blah, blah. And he has that like icy, mellow tone in his voice where it's vindictive. And you just want to slap him across the face. It's a nightmare expression. Like I was on an emotional roller coaster watching Sheridan like question his worth as a human. And then I'm my blood's boiling watching Brandon 
basically, you know, be too cowardly to make up his mind and commit to Savannah or Julia, but then put it on Julia. I mean, Savannah, it was really hard to watch. There's uh, (laughs) a lot to be mad about here. (laughs) Um, I think from the beginning where she very reasonably sort of says things like, I don't, I don't feel good about this. Like, I don't want to be your second choice. I, and like very reasonable, sort of articulating her emotions. And he, like you said, is throwing it all back on her where it's like, oh, like, I feel like you're only 95%. Sir, you were making out with somebody else like 15 minutes ago. Like what percentage are you at here? And I don't know, just like laying into her and pushing her. He had one line that drove me absolutely insane where he he also threw out like the we a lot. Like he had to make a decision. It was like, we have to work on our communications or we need to do this. And her face, I think, said it all of just like, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, this isn't her problem. This isn't her, her, like, she has been very clear the entire time what she wanted and what she felt. And he's like, we have communication problems. And then he said, there are so many Brandon lines, you could probably rank them up, like, how bad and insane they were. <laughs> the one that I made out of was that he was like, and I have the grace and the patience for that. I was like, who are you? who do you think you are? You, I, I don't know. It just, everything, that conversation is that they have, like, I think you could, you could teach it in college classes or teach it in therapy, wherever. Like it, it's, it's so textbook awful. Awful. Okay. So yeah, like you said, he, he gives vibes of if your friend brought him around, like the red flag would be waving so rapidly. Yeah. Like everything he says is just, it doesn't make me feel safe or secure. Yeah. And I, I commend Savannah cause she, you, you, she didn't, I don't know. You could tell that maybe she sort of had inklings before that conversation, but she wasn't, she wasn't buying anything that he was selling and she, she could see through it. And she, I don't know. I was almost cute when she went to like the room with everybody else. I was like, it's my time to go. And just like, <laughs> I don't know, like, knew that he, I don't know, maybe it took four episodes, but she could see that he was straight trash and she was getting out of there. And I, I don't know, I think Savannah and Sheridan can both be proud of their, um, of their time on the show. And I think they both gave their relationships a shot, maybe longer than we, the viewers, think they should have, just as we had more access and we weren't there physically in these relationships. But I think I think they both handled themselves well. They both definitely came out looking better than their uh, respective partners. And I don't know. It was sad, but I, I'm rooting for them. Uh, here's a question for you. So say Brandon drops like the song of the year, like an absolute bop. <laughs> Could you listen to it? Or would you be, are you tainted to the point where it would bother you to add it to the queue? Um. I, I, I wouldn't listen to it. Well, I wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> I okay. think I listened to it one time out of like curiosity, but I almost to the point that like it, it is a hindrance to my ability to enjoy things. Once I make an association between like somebody, an artist or something and like the terrible stuff they've done, I have a really hard time not thinking of that the first time I hear their thing where it's like it's even if I really liked the music before or if I you know I just and sometimes I can get past it but it's always in the back of my mind 
And so I think with him, <laughs> where it's like there, there are there are higher quality artists and whatever out there that I sort of negotiate my feelings on bad behavior with that I, I'm not going to waste the time on him. <laughs> I love that. A very strong moral compass. Um, well, I'm sure like they'll all be dropping music that we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks. So um, we'll see if that holds true. Also, he's just not that good. I'm just going to say it. He's not that good. Um, but I'm jumping ahead. Uh, before we get to the performances, are we missing any of this drama i think we oh we kind of covered it okay let's jump into the performances um i am not a fan of uh musical competition shows a la like american idol the voice whatever it's not really my thing um but i am enjoying the performance hour of this show and I think that from a standpoint, again, I'm clearly salty over Peter's season, the structure of this show, how it's condensed and there's a clear, there's drama in the first hour, performance in the second hours. I really like the pace of how the Bachelor crew has put together this series. Um, and I hope that they take that moving forward. There's just a lot more structure. And I think it, the two hours goes by a lot faster um, you know, than a bunch of women in a house crying over champagne or whatever. So shout out producers for your structure and your editing. I'm living for it. Um, I also love every week we have judges and I was really excited this week to see that it's not the same judges. So, uh, this week we were graced with the presence of Rachel Lindsay and her husband, Brian. So they try to bring in a bachelor couple as judges to judge, I guess, the chemistry. I don't know. Uh, Tony Braxton and Andy Grammer. So uh, again, a, an interesting eclectic mix of individuals. Uh, but they were, I was all in on the judges again. I, they surprised me. They had some personality. Um, and oh, here we are. My list of performances. Okay, we'll just dive right into them. So first up, we had Rudy and Matt. So they sang Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton, which is, I think, the perfect song choice for them. And they set the bar really high with this performance. Yeah, I, I would go really high. <laughs> okay, think- bring me back down. Bring me back. I can't sing worth a damn. So the second someone oh. gets on that stage and is like remotely decent, I'm like, wow, they're talented. Get them a deal. I Yeah, I also can't sing. So this is extremely, you know. To keep that in mind, I don't. Know, I thought they were. I thought they were fine. Like they weren't bad, but I thought they could have been on. Once you get to the conversation of like who was going home, I thought they were. Uh, they were on my short list because um, I, I, and again, not to get ahead of ourselves, overly. I thought the judges or whatever would, or the producers or whoever would overvalue drama potential, which they ultimately didn't. So respect to them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought Rudy and Matt were fine. They seem. Just like the like decidedly musically solid, where it's like they, I don't know, I, they don't have never blown me away the way some of the other performers have. Um, but I also don't watch them and cringe. So there's that. <laughs> That's where the bar is. It's like, can I watch this without wanting to change the channel? Um, that's fair. You're right. Okay. Bring me back down to earth. Especially, we'll get to it when there's some performances that I'm just, we all know what my favorite was. But 
Um, they, they're good. They're solid. Um, I like them as a couple. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not like looking at them impressed with their chemistry when you have couples like Chris and Brie who you just melt when you watch them perform. So I think middle of the road is a good way to describe them, but their performance was solid overall. Yeah, you just, and Chris and Brie were, okay, first, the next one was Jamie and Trevor, yeah? Yes. And Jamie, bless her heart, is still just like absolutely wracked by nerves and stage fright and, I, I, we were talking about this in you know our DMs when we were watching the show last night. It's like I really want to have more sympathy for her when I do, or than I do. And it's not even that I don't have sympathy; it's just that I don't really want to see it on TV, which sounds like very callous to me. But it's like I just I don't need that much uh, screen time of you crying in a hallway. That's yes, I I agree. It's like you know at first if there was some kind of victory at the end of this, like she had stage fright and then she crushed it, I'd be like, yes, go Jamie. But week one, we were like, she's really young. She clearly, um, you know, has confidence that she has to work through. And, you know, I don't think it's callous, Shay, in your defense, (laughs) to want to see someone perform who has confidence on stage and the energy to sell me a performance. And when someone, I don't go to a show wanting to see someone like work through these issues in real time. I want to be entertained and I want to be impressed And that's their art and their craft. And I don't need a discounted version of it. I want the confidence. And if you don't have it, you need to convince me otherwise. Like you're a performer, fake it. You can do this. She's incredibly talented and it sucks to see her confidence hinder, you know, how strong I think her performance could be because Trevor's pretty good too. Like she has a good partner. They look cute together and this immature, you know, confidence issue. We've all been there, but girl, you're a singer. Like you belong on the stage. There's a disconnect and it's a little annoying. I'm with you. I don't want to see her crying in the hallway. I was really annoyed watching that. Don't love. And a couple of different people said, kept saying this, but like the idea that they were letting their partner down by not being like the bastard. Like, no, like this is like a you thing where it's like, (laughs) it's not like you shouldn't care whether trevor goes far in the show <laughs> like i this this your ability to perform on stage i would hope would be more of an of a of a personal thing um but i forgot what i was gonna say oh i think I, what i would need to sort of get over this would be some kind of like i i, I need the narrative of her confidence to like have something like either give me like a cliche pep talk or something but it's like is just like is she just gonna one day like have confidence? Like I don't I don't know I don't see where they're going with this besides milking someone's genuine stage fright because it does seem genuine. Like I don't necessarily enjoy watching it, but it seems real. It doesn't seem like she's faking it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of whatever. And then the true crime was that, and this is not her fault, that they kept editing her crying in the hallway during Chris and Bree's amazing performance. (laughs) I am very bitter about this because Chris and Bree is the couple everyone's in love with. They get to sing Lover by Taylor Swift, which is such a cute song. They have obvious chemistry. They're very talented. And we are stripped of enjoying that performance because the producers are, as you can hear it in the background, 
but they cut to Jamie being upset about their performance. And it's like, guys, I get it. She's upset. And we get it. Chris and Brie have a stable relationship and they're talented. But let me enjoy that. We had to suffer through Julia and Brandon and the tears. Like, I need some uplifting music. That's the shtick of the show. And you're cheapening it by, you know, showing the same old tears and drama that all of your other shows offer me. Like, this is a unique thing. Give me the 90 seconds of Lover. Would that kill you to give me the full 90 seconds? (laughs) No, I'm I'm with you. Um, And yeah, I feel like on the subject of Chris and Brie, there isn't really much more to say. Like, it's, they sing well together. They have great chemistry. Their relationship seems rock solid. They had an extremely cute moment where she said that she whispered that she loved him, but he didn't hear her because everyone was like talking and like, you know, doing what they were doing. And so then she sort of announced it to everyone. She's like, I haven't said it before, but I said it just now, but he didn't hear me. And then he was like, oh, I love you too. I just, I hate them. They're so cute. (laughs) They are so cute. And I feel like you and I are not quick to be like, oh my God, they're so cute. And the fact that we're kind of gawking over Chris and Brie and this genuine relationship, um, I think speaks to how I don't know just how wholesome they are um but also this was a weird little side note that they threw in there Chris talked about losing his father do you remember that yeah that was that was (laughs) really sad (laughs) it was just like you know a beautiful performance Jamie's crying about stage fright and then Chris all of a sudden is like you know I lost my dad and I wish he could see that I found love and then they pivoted right back to the drama and I while it felt a little rushed or out of place or whatever, I do enjoy moments like that because I think, you know, not many people can speak to going on The Bachelor or competing in a nationally televised singing competition, but wanting to, you know, connect with your parents or like losing a loved one, it humanizes the show. And I do kind of latch on to those moments. And I wish we had a little more of that um, just in Bachelor Nation as a whole. Uh, so I was like, good for Chris. We're like kind of opening up and it made me appreciate his relationship with Brie that much more because again, it humanized it. And um, you know, if they left the show, I wouldn't be mad because I think they're cute and they can just go do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But it's almost too healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so next up then is Julia and Brandon. Back to them. Yeah, um, I'm over talking about them, but I guess we have to. Um, I remember the <laughs> performance. <laughs> um, I remember she walked out, she like did the thing, which I'm a big fan of this look because I have nowhere to wear it, nor do I think I could pull it off. But it's like the long like blazer as like a shirt dress. Yeah. With- high boots so it's like just very deep v and like no pants situation i loved it but can we this is petty but she's made me mad why is her hair so dead did you notice that uh no but okay you're gonna notice it now and you're gonna go back and watch it her hair is like fried to a crisp an absolute crisp. And once you notice it, it's the thing you can't look away from. It's kind of like if someone had food in their teeth and you can't stop staring at it. Yeah. Her hair is absolutely fried and like disheveled. And I think it's why anyone who's ever like bleached their hair or flat ironed the shit out of their hair, it gets like crunchy, you know? 
and it has volume just because it's dead and gravity doesn't weigh it down. And like, that's <laughs> the hair that she has, um, which whatever, but I couldn't <laughs> stop staring when she's on stage because most of her performance, she was facing Brandon. So we saw the back of her head a lot. <laughs> anyway, I'm harping on irrelevant information. They sang, we belong an okay song. Brandon was moody about the song choice. Brandon was moody about the song choice. Cause it was like an eighties ballad. And he was like, this isn't really my jam, which I'm really, really like, again, such like an attitude problem with everything and everything. And no, I was like, Oh, like you couldn't like pull it together for this competition. Like, I don't know. And then, and then Julia being like, it's amazing that this song like so much speaks to like the situation we're in. Like, yeah, that is the very much the point. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they're given a song on purpose, right? Are assigning you on the nose songs. They did it last week. They did it this week. Like, what? You think this is a coincidence? What show are you on? Um. Anyways, <laughs> oh my god, Shay, we dropped the ball here. Um, we forgot to talk about. The Natasha drama. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's, I'll just keep it short here because we have to wrap up soon. But uh, Brandon and Julia clearly didn't have chemistry. Their performance was so-so and the judges called them out. And they Natasha, them I'm being like, like a new couple. Like they're like, there's like uncertainty here. There's no chemistry. Like they just got roasted. Yeah. There was, the judges were not reserved with their comments, which was like, good, stick it to them. And then uh, the also, short version. Go so ahead. Also, want to shout out Rachel Collins <laughs> telling them that it seemed like they were singing karaoke. <laughs> yes, which I was like, damn, that's if you're like a genuine performer to be shortened to the the line that you look like a karaoke performer. Like, I cannot think of something more insulting. Yeah. So, I loved that line. Uh, Ryan and Natasha came out. They closed the show. Uh, they sang "You Are the Best Thing." absolutely killed it did the thing where they walk off the stage clapping they had the judges on their feet everyone's dancing yep. crushed it like clearly the strongest performance yep. but let's rewind a little bit bear with me for my flip-flopping here um earlier in the mansion before the performances it's post sheridan and savannah leaving so julia and brandon are together and natasha um who's no nonsense to the point point blank tells Julia to put her earmuffs on and asks Brandon if Savannah had said she's all in, like, would you still be with her? And he says, yeah. As Julia is sitting next to him, he's admitting that he's not invested in like either one of these women a hundred percent. And no earmuffs are that rock solid. No hand earmuffs are that solid. But oh, yeah, these are these were not real earmuffs. They they were. She gently put her hands over her ears. She's three thousand percent heard. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like the reaction was delayed. So you know, fast forward to they're sitting in I guess the green room the night of the performances, and Natasha says to Julia, "Hey, there's something I think you should know." Remember when I asked Brandon if he would be with Savannah if she was all in? He told me yes. And she drops this bombshell of, I don't, it's not even a bombshell because we all know Brandon's shady, but air quote bombshell on Julia right before they're all about to perform. And we had mixed reactions to this last night. Um, oh, so because drops this, then they perform very poorly. 
And even before they perform poorly, uh, Julia launches into these tirades about how you just absolutely do not do that to another performer. It's, you know, she was undermining her. She was getting in her head. She was doing all this shit. And then she, so she says that to like the cameras. And then she also confronts uh, Natasha after the performances to be like, I cannot believe you would do that to another performer. My yeah, go ahead, take it away. Cause you were more, you were kinder about the situation. I was like, whatever. Natasha is messy. We love that about her. She loves to, you know, stir up some drama here and there. We've seen it. Like she, when she walked in, like that was her first thing was like confronting Trevor about his past relationships. Like that is sort of her deal. Um, but I, so I interpreted and I had this epiphany about why I interpreted this earlier on this podcast, but I interpreted it as Natasha being just, you know, her usual messy self. Like, when can I say the most dramatic thing? Or when is the most dramatic moment for me to drop, the, you know, piece of gossip? Um, but it, it wasn't, in my mind, it wasn't any deeper than that. It wasn't strategic. And then the flip side of that, it was just, you know, the hundredth example of Julia not taking responsibility for you know, her actions, in this case, her performance, and, like, just trying to blame Natasha for, you know, a, a performance that, like, you know, was lackluster and lacked chemistry and whatever else for a thousand reasons that could be related to the actual, uh, you know, <laughs> situation the relationship developed in. Um, so yeah. I, it was like, this isn't that deep. Well, let's move on. Julia, take some responsibility. Yeah, so Julia was so worked up about Natasha telling her right before the performance. And my take was, you know, they sit around in a mansion all day doing nothing. Like, Natasha could have told her whenever. And I think I'm very competitive. And at the end of the day, they're on a show competing against one another. And if you have a way to kind of leverage your confidence and your stability in your relationship and mask it as, you know, just being a good friend, go for it. I think Natasha knew what she was doing. I don't think it was malicious per se. I think tactical might be a better word, <laughs> but of course, like you don't drop, you know, you wait till the game's over. You wait till the performance is over before you drop any um, news or information that could mess with someone's emotions. Now, do I think it was fair of Julia to blame her shitty performance on you know, Natasha sharing that information. No, like you're a grown woman, hold yourself accountable. Your performance wasn't that good. Um, but, you know, I think Natasha knew what she was doing and I kind of commend her for having a strategy. I loved seeing that. <laughs> I loved it. Fair enough. I uh, will be interested to see what more uh, Natasha gets up to. So let's, let's sort of, you know, we don't want this to be, this podcast to be longer than Bachelor episodes themselves. Um, Rose has come out. Uh, they bring it down. The final two that are standing there are Julia and Brandon and Jamie and Trevor. Uh, with all the tears, there was also sort of the emphasis that like their performance wasn't that great, which I didn't really interpret. I thought they were again, just like fine. Um, but you know, find drama where you can. Uh, and Jamie and Trevor get the roses. So that means Dear Sweet Julia and Brandon are being sent home. And I, for one, was a little surprised. I am not totally sure I, you know, believe or trust in how these roses are being assigned um, or given out by 
just the judges um, and just their opinions. So I, I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised to see that Julian Brandon, who had been so terrible to their respective partners um, and also gave a not great performance, would get sent home. That they would, that they would just, you know, I don't know. It seemed like it ultimately, I don't know, felt like karma. And I was very happy for Savannah and Sheridan, but also surprised that it happened. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is the drama is so condensed in these episodes that their love triangle diminished. There's only so many times I can listen to both of them be annoying. I was really happy to see them go home. Um, I'm sure there would have been drama, but I'm really happy with the judges' decision because yeah. it is the judges' decision. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that. I believe in the integrity of The Bachelor show. It's the judge's decision. Uh, But we're down to four couples, which is kind of crazy because I feel like it was just yesterday we were trying to learn the names of a mansion full of newcomers. Yes, indeed. We've got Rudy and Matt, Chris and Bree, Natasha and Ryan, and Jamie and Trevor. Yeah, so we're down to four. Uh, We've kind of really gotten invested along the way here. So I'm curious how this show is going to end. We already mixed up the couples this week. I can't imagine they'll do it again, but I can imagine that Bachelor producers have a few more tricks up their sleeves as we inch closer to the finale. Uh, We will be watching. Shay and I, as always, live tweeting. Give us a follow. We do appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Like, listen, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And we're so excited to talk more about Listen to Your Heart next week. We hope you guys tune in. We'll talk to you soon.